Welcome to the Branches podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com. All right, let's get started. You can open up your Bibles to Proverbs, and we'll start in Proverbs 18, 18, 21. All right, let me pray for us. Father, we, um, we bow down before you, Lord, asking that you would teach us, that you, Lord, would be the one that... Um, that we hear from, not me, that the uh, messenger would get out of the way so that we can hear your message to us this morning. We thank you for this gift of Proverbs, this, this book of, uh, of wisdom, and uh, we need it. So we look to you and uh, help us to open our ears and especially our heart. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Okay, so we are in Proverbs, and uh, we... I've talked about what Proverbs is and what its intention was, and it, it comes, the best way to think of it is from the heart of a father who cares for their children, and they want their children to, to just have life to its fullest. Uh, Proverbs does not actually mention Christ. It talks about just wisdom, but it comes from that wisdom that, of course, we know comes from God. And so this one that we're going to start with today, we're going to talk about... Um, the power of our words. And this is going to be the, uh, what we rotate around. This will be the gravity um, that pulls us in here in Proverbs 18.21. What you say can mean life or death. Those who speak with care will be rewarded. When you hear a proverb, hardly anyone ever disagrees with a proverb. Like, who's going to disagree with this? No, that's not true. Your words don't matter. They don't accomplish anything. It doesn't matter. You could say whatever you want. It doesn't affect people. Like, duh, it does. Like, when you read through the Proverbs, those are good reminders. I know um, Shane, who spoke last week, uh, he, did you share about how you used to pray through Proverbs um, every day? You didn't want to brag, did you? You didn't want to show off. So there's 31 chapters in Proverbs, and the longest month of uh, the longest month will have 31, right? So you can every day, if you're like, I don't know where to read. You could just read a chapter of Proverbs or sections of Proverbs. And when you read those things in Proverbs, it's just kind of the, that encouragement, those reminders of, yeah, this is smart. Oh, I'm so glad I was reminded of that. Who's, who's going to argue with this? This is, in fact, let me, let me go a little bit farther. I'm going to read something from James, James chapter 3, and it's not going to be up here. I just want you to hear it. And when you hear it, although James is not in Proverbs, it's its own, you know, letter, um, you just hear the wisdom in it because you've lived it. Like, it's from a, when you think of Proverbs, it's from a man who's lived life and blown it. And when you blow it enough times, you realize that words are powerful. And when you've experienced the blessing of a word, when you've had people speak to you and it breathes life into you, you've experienced that as well. Well, James, in chapter 3 here, starting in verse 2, is speaking from experience, and he starts by saying in verse 2, we all stumble in many ways. And then he goes on to say this. Those who are never at fault in what they say are perfect, 
they're able to keep their whole body in check. So whoever never makes a mistake with their words, they're perfect, and their whole body is in check. Think about that. He's saying that your words affect your body. And then he goes on to say this in verse 3. When we put bits into the mouths of horses. Okay, got to stop there because I don't think anyone here has a horse. He's talking to people who have horses. They all understand what they're talking about. Think of it like a dog. Okay, if you have a choke chain on a dog, it's not actually to choke the dog. It's to get the dog to go where you want, but they don't really work very well. So in the case of our 100-pound dog, we have this thing called the, uh, the gentle leader. Yeah, it's just a nice way to say, get your dog where you want it to go. And it fits on the nose, and it's just like when you put a bit into a horse. If you pull your head one direction, that's where your whole body's going to go. And so in the same way, he's saying the tongue will take your body wherever it goes. And so he says this, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. And this is his connection right here. Likewise, verse 5, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by just a small spark. The tongue also is a fire. A world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person. It sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. That's a little intense, but it's true. Like, we have got, our mouths have gotten us in such trouble. They've caused so much damage. It's not a surprise. That's why he's saying in James, he's saying, look, you've got to get control of this. You have to understand the power that is in your tongue. This is what it can do. Um, I had a situation, and unfortunately, there's many people that have been stuck in this situation. You only do it one time. Uh, I was with my friend Jen, who I went to college with, one of my best friends, Jen Drox, now Jen Nilsson. And so I was with her. We were going up to see her sisters and their families, and one of her sisters was pregnant, so She's like, oh, my sister's pregnant. And so I, I got to the house, and I saw her sister, and I walked over to him. I'm like, I'm so excited for you. And I put my hand right there on the belly. You know where this one's going? She has two sisters. And her sister says, mm, that's my other sister. She had one of those dresses where, like, it starts here and then just floats out. And those are, like, the dresses that, like, Steph always had when she was pregnant. So when you hear James say here that the tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body, it corrupts the whole person, it sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell, kind of makes sense. <laughs> she hasn't talked to me since. Our, we have to, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. We know that the tongue has the power to bring life or to bring death. Um, there's a, a friend of mine that I'm really close with, and when she was in junior high, she went into the, the lunchroom, and she just got a little tray, and she's walking through, and, and I think she had to squeeze through some chairs or something, so she's coming to just sit down, and then one of the junior high boys, and junior high boys, I wish all the junior high guys were in here, they're in the first service, I wish they'd all come in because they need to learn this lesson, just, just don't talk, but one of the guys said, oh, make way for the skinny, 
he thought he was being funny. He really wasn't making a comment on this girl's weight. Um, she was a little bigger at that time, but like, boys are dumb. I mean, boys, we know that. We're dumb. And so he just throws it out there, this carelessness. Well, that followed that girl the rest of her life. That girl ended up being anorexic. She was in the hospital at 65 pounds, and they had to tell her, look, you need to eat or you're going to die. Like, there's nothing, we, there's nothing we can do. You are going to die if you don't eat. And she, she, when she recounts, was going through counseling and dealing with all of this, those words were some of the words that stuck the most in her. She can remember that, and they just echo in her head. Our words have power to bring life or to bring death. There were these two boys. One was um, 12 and 10. And the 10-year-old had just, in school, um, he had just lit a trash can on fire. I don't know why he did it. I don't know what, his, what he was thinking. But Kirk was his name. He lit the, the trash can on fire. And so the mom's just, like, frustrated. And he's just getting in trouble all the time. And the older brother, you know how it is in the birth order, the older brother has to get the good grades and has to do everything right. And then the younger brother gets upset because the older brother's got all that. So then he's, they go in different directions. So the two brothers are walking with the mom, and the mom said um, to the older brother, I'm not worried about Kirk. He's going to be fine. I'm, I'm really worried about you. With nothing else to add on to that. That stuck with that boy for the rest. It's, it stuck with him all the way to this moment as I'm sitting here telling it to you because I was the 12-year-old. It sticks in my head. My mom did that because she really wanted to lift up my brother. She knew that words had the power to bring life. And so she's thinking of Kirk, my younger brother, and she's like, oh, I just want him to know who he is. I want to build him up. And, you know, just how we clumsily do, and she didn't mean to hurt me, but she just said, well, I'm not worried about him. I'm worried about you. And to my brother, I never asked him about this, but he was probably like, oh, yeah, my mom believes in me. But then again, it can also cause death, right? It can do both. I mean, these words, like, we need to pay attention to this because... We have a power within us. It's our tongue. I want to show you a, question, uh, a quote from Maya Angelou. This stuck with me because those that know me well, I, I should not be giving this sermon if you're expecting an answer. If you're like, okay, good, because I know that this is, this is powerful. I know that words can bring life, and I know they can bring death, and usually with me it's death, so good. So we're going to fix this this morning. You're going to give me the, I'm struggling with this all the time. It's a battle I have to fight. So much so that this quote has stuck in my head for a long time because I'm careless with my words. I'm fiery inside and all just, things will just slip out and it just causes death and pain with people close to me and people far away and it affects how they feel about themselves. Like think about it, the words, you have the ability to affect the way people think about themselves. And Maya Angelou said this, she said, I've learned that people will forget what you said People forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. That girl that heard, make room for the skinny, it wasn't the words, it's how it made her feel. Our words affect people's feelings, their thoughts, and that's what I want us to focus on this morning. Um, but here's the deal with the tongue. The tongue gets a bad rap. Um... As we're talking about this tongue, you're not going to pull your tongue out of your mouth. That's not going to change anything. 
I mean, you could take away the ability to speak, and so maybe that, but you still have the ability to communicate. We're talking about communication here. Um, I thought about this, and I realized I, I, we did this thing with the brain where um, when I was in college, I got to hold the human brain in my hand. And when I held that, I was like, that's why I know there's a soul. I mean, holding that brain in physiological psychology, I was like, this is not who I am. I am not this gray piece of goo. Like, I know that this is a tool that God has created, but there's more. There, I can tell because I, I have it in my hands. And in the same way as we're talking about the tongue, the words that are coming out are more than the tongue. So to communicate that, I said, Tina, I texted Tina, if you want to get something done, you call Tina. I said, Tina, I need a cow's tongue. And I'm not joking. And she texted me back. She goes, I'm on it. And she said it was like a scavenger hunt for her. So her and Todd, they went out and looked. And so they came with a cow's tongue. And I'm going to show this to you for a reason. I know how gross it is to look at. You're the one not smelling it right now, so don't complain. This is a cow's tongue. Okay, your tongue is not quite this big, but it's quite big. Um, Aaron, by the way, you're supposed to bring this back. You know that? Because you guys are going to... Yeah, if you guys don't know this, if you ever had them, I can't look at it and think about eating it, but I've had um, uh, lengua tacos. They're amazing. And so if you want to, La Casa, they're probably going to have a ton of them in the next couple days. So, But I show that to you for this reason, because I want you to, to understand that the problem is not the tongue. It's not the muscle. It's where it comes from. And it doesn't come from the tongue. It's just a muscle. It's just... So where does it come from? Let's listen to Jesus here in Matthew uh, chapter 12. Jesus did not say that this life and death came from the muscle. It comes for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Good people bring good things out of the good stored up in them. And evil people bring evil things out of the evil stored up in them. But I tell you, that people will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. And I want to especially draw attention to the first part of this, for out of the overflow of the heart, because that's what we have to get control of. That's what we have to pay attention to. That's what we need to be intentional to, is what is going on inside of us. Because the mouth is just the window into the soul. And there's so much stirring up in there, and if we're not careful, and if we are careless with our mouth, then things are going to fly out that are going to create death. And so we have, to get, we have to get a hold of this. Notice that Jesus says, but I tell you here at the end, but I tell you that people will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. This is not to guilt us, this is not for us to walk in fear, it's to remind us this is a big deal. When when Solomon and the other writers of, of, of Proverbs are sharing to their children and they say how powerful the mouth is, that the, the words have the ability to give life or death, it's because they've lived this, because they know. And Jesus, who knows beyond what they do, is saying, look, you're going to see all this. I mean, think back into your own life, just the part that you can remember from this past week. In fact, let's just shrink it to Yesterday. And for many of you, you've got a whole list of situations just from this morning of words you wish you could take back, words that were empty, meaning they didn't have any fruit in them. They didn't have, it was like, it's like an empty package of food, but there's nothing in it. It's just empty. 
It just takes up space. Think of the, the wasted words that we've used, or even worse, the words that have caused damage, instead of the package of those words having a blessing in them. Something in our family, what we always say, look, was that helpful or was it hurtful? Because if it's not helpful, why say it? And yet, the air is filled with words. What if you couldn't speak unless the words were helpful? There'd be hardly any talking. Think about it. Like how much, how many words are out there? By the way, this is not a conversation about the difference between the amount of words that women use and the amount that men use. This is not that type of discussion. It's, it's for either of those groups, for us to think, are these words bringing life or are they bringing death? Jesus goes on to say in Matthew 15, he says this, the things that come out of the mouth, they come from the heart. And the context of him saying this is an argument with the Pharisees and Jesus' disciples. They were arguing because there were all these rituals of washing your hands and things you needed to do. And, and one of the beliefs was that if you were not clean with your hands and with your food, that you were a dirty person. You were unclean and unworthy of being in God's presence. And Jesus argues against that. He says it's not what goes into you that defiles you. It's what comes out. Now, you can use that today because many of you are about to go to some Super Bowl parties and you're going to shove a ton of stuff into your body. And it's the same kind of concept. They're like, well, I'm a bad person because I put all this in me and I'm, not, I'm supposed to do it a certain way. And Jesus is saying, look, you need to think deeper than that. What matters is what's in your heart because it's what comes out of there, whether it's the beauty or whether it's the evil. Because we have both in us, don't we? It's the Spirit of God that wages war in us to clean things out. The things that come out of the mouth, they come from the heart. So our focus this morning has to be at our heart, not on the muscle of the tongue. It's not, this isn't a message to say, you know what, just don't talk a lot. Don't use that muscle a lot. Let that muscle get atrophied. That's why I showed you that tongue, because I don't want you to think in terms of muscles. It's deeper than that. Um, James 1.19 is from James trying to give wisdom to this church, and he, he's trying to give the people of God wisdom on how to live with their words. And so he says this, remember this, sounds like a dad, doesn't it? Remember this, my dear friends, everyone must be quick to listen, but slow to speak and slow to become angry. Now to be quick to listen, there's a lot packed in there. I want to focus on the word silence. It's not just listening to what somebody is saying, but it's listening before you speak. Um, as a leadership team, we've come to the conclusion and agreement, and I've, I've really pushed for this. I just can't teach every Sunday. I'm not that good. There's not that, if I keep talking, I'm going to just say dumb things. In fact, about 45 seconds ago, I was saying something. I'm like, I better stop because I think I'm going to start saying stuff I really don't know what I'm talking about. You have to think. As I'm talking up here, I'm living in the silence at times. And so um, Shane had something to share, and he had spent this time, um, years of his life, wrestling with how to deal with money. And he, he used to think, oh, I'm following Christ, so I've got to give an offering, and I need to do this. And if I do that, then I'm good with God. But it wasn't, it's more than that. It's about the heart. And he and his family, he'd grown so much through it, and it had transformed his family. It was a blessing to him. And so we're in our leadership team. And he, he's just sharing this, this excitement. And he's like, I really wish everyone in our church could know this truth. I mean, I wish they could learn what I learned. And so we looked at him and 
congratulations, you're going to be sharing that. Because he was speaking out of silence. He was quick to listen over the years. He was quick to go through it in his own life. And then when he shared it, it was a blessing. I've had so many people come up and say, I'd never heard it that way before. It was so helpful for me. Because he was quick to listen. It's not just about having a conversation with somebody. It's not saying, hey, when you're in a conversation, don't talk all the time. Why don't you just listen to them? It's bigger than that. That is part of it, but it's bigger than that. It's where we live lives where we're contemplative. We live lives where we pay attention, where we listen to what's stirring in our heart. Quick to listen to what's going on not only outside of you, but what's going on inside of you. Because most of what comes out of our mouth when it is destructive is destructive because of the fear, because of the jealousy, or because of the anger that's stirring inside of us. Um, Last week, no, actually it was this week, I had this day where just everything I was saying, I was just nagging and complaining, and I was just, and I thought if I was my kids, I would just want to run. And so I said, Steph, I got to go upstairs, which is kind of weird, like I'm leaving I'm leaving right now because I couldn't control the things that were, there was something going on inside of me and I could figure that out because of the dumb things that were coming out of my mouth. So something dumb was going on inside of me and I had to go upstairs and just be quiet and even the television was on and it was, I was all irritated. It was like a talk show thing or something and I was like, oh, that's dumb. And I was just complaining to myself. Luckily, no one was there to receive all of the banter but there was something going on. We need to listen. And um, there's a, a guy that I really love to hear from. His name's Richard Foster. And he had this quote. And I want us to listen to this quote. He's talking about the need for silence and what goes on inside of us. And so he says this. He says, silence frees us from the need to control others. And you may be thinking, what does control have to do with speaking? Well, he goes on. One reason we can hardly bear to remain silent is that it makes us feel so helpless. We are accustomed to relying upon words to manage and control others. A frantic stream of words flows from us in an attempt to straighten others out. We want desperately for them to agree with us. Or I'll add some of my own. We desperately want them to like us or to approve of us to see things our way. We evaluate people, we judge people, we condemn people. We devour people with our words. How powerful is that? That's a proverb right there. We devour people with our words. Silence is one of the deepest spiritual disciplines simply because it puts the stopper on that. I had to go upstairs. I had to go into silence because nothing good was coming out. Been there before? I see everybody's head go like this. And the ones that aren't are like, I don't, I, it's just even too much for me to even nod. I'm overwhelmed. Because, now this is not to beat us up because this is just the reality. But in this, as we're seeing what's going inside of us, that's the opportunity for us to invite Christ in. To invite the Spirit of God in. When you pray, you'll be amazed at the words that come out afterwards when you pray. When you go into silence, when you are quick to listen and slow to speak, you'll find that the things you say then start to be wisdom when you depend on God, when you say, Lord, do you have any words for me to share? Because this is where I want to take it from here till the end of the message. We are called 
to share a blessing with our mouth. This muscle is meant to be used. This is not where we go, okay, the message today told me just not to speak because if I do, dumb things are going to happen. Well, those are going to happen no matter what. But instead, we need to pull out that which is from the Lord because we are called by him. Look at this verse. I love this verse because it's just simple and it's to the point. For he whom God has sent, who is that? You. God has sent each of you who have decided to follow Christ. He has sent you to utter the words of God. That is our calling. And I keep referring back to Shane because he's here. I was referring to someone else first service, so we didn't even talk about you first service. But Shane was nervous as all get out to stand up here before you. Rick, Rick uh, Eckstein, he's back there uh, teaching our elementary kids. And so I called him last night. I said, hey, can I go through the message with you this morning? He thought I meant to go through that message that he's given with the elementary kids. He's like, oh, I couldn't, sorry. And then I said, no, I meant for the sermon. He's like, you wanted me to give the sermon this morning? And I was like, I just, I, I thought, well, that's kind of cool. Let's see how he responds to this one. And I just said, why? And he goes, dude, that is so not going to happen. He goes, I'll do anything else, but you give me one of those, I'm calling in sick. I'm not ready. Why? Because we feel like, well, I can't utter the words of God. There's no way I could do Yes. Yes, you could. And it's not about a sermon. You utter the words of God on a daily basis when you depend on him. When you don't, then we just utter careless words that create death. But if we will rely on him, if we will pause and rest into him, he will use you to utter the words of God. To give you examples of this, um, so for those of you that were with us on Christmas Eve at Zumar's, we had a situation. For those that weren't there, I'll explain the situation to you. We had uh, one of the neighbors was angry at Zumar's who we rented from uh, just because they, they get in fights all the time. They just, they, you know, like neighbors. You've seen some neighbors. I'm sure it's none of you, but some neighbors get in fights with other neighbors and they hold grudges. So on Christmas Eve, this one neighbor wanted to stick it to the other neighbor, so they called. The owner of Zumar's, who wasn't in town, was out of town and said, you're going to need to shut this music down. I'm going to call the police and all this stuff. There were no police. We knew that, but they were just yelling at each other. And so they asked us to turn it off. They, it wasn't quite asking. Like, you need to. They were petrified. The, the young girl that was working there, I think she was like 22 She'd been working for a week, and she's told by her boss, who's freaking out, just pull the plug, tell them no more sound, they have to shut it off, because she was worried about getting sued, and I don't know why, I don't know what, we had permits and everything from them, we paid them, but regardless, it all happened, and, and you know, for those of you there, I had so many people come going, you were so graceful and gentle, you have no idea what was in my heart, I was so ticked. I'm like, this is not fair, because I saw all these families, and I'm like, it's Christmas Eve, there's these kids, are you kidding me? Who does this to the kids on Christmas Eve? And, um, you know, it got really intense during communion, as everybody's taking communion, I'm like, I'm like, this is a holy moment, there's no way, I'm just, so I was a little upset, and all this is stirring inside, I'm sitting with the leadership team, and they said, so how'd that work out? And I'm like, I, I still haven't been able to call. I said, I'm so angry that I'm afraid of what I'm going to say when I call. Because it was all stirring up inside. So um, I get this email from Chad. And um, one of the Proverbs, if you're, if you're reading with us through the Proverbs, one of the Proverbs says this. It says that the, the, the words of um, discernment, or another way to say it is uh, um, the critique of a friend is like oil on the head. And so he said, you know what, Boog? In his email... 
I think that you need to call them and you need to talk to them. Now, you don't want to bring that up to someone that just said, look, I don't want to do it. You can't make me. That's pretty much kind of what I said to some degree. But he's a friend and he cares about me and he wrote that and he said, I think you need to for you. You're carrying this. You need to use your words as a blessing. You need to call and you guys need to work this out. And so I called, and um, the owners and all those people, I don't really interact with them that much, but one of my friends is there, so I called him first because I had his number ready to go. I did not want to make the call. But I know that words have the ability to bring life. And when I called him, he answered the phone. He's like, hey, bug. Like, he knew why I was calling. And, um, and he's like, I'm so sorry. Now, I did it to relieve myself, just straight up. Like, I trusted Chad, so I did it. And, um, but through that process, then he was set free. And then he asked for my forgiveness. And I said, I forgive you. And it was like, and it was just, there's beauty. You can bring life through words. There's, there's this beauty that comes in that we almost missed out on. Now, I could ask you right now who it is that you wish would call you and say this. I'm sorry, will you forgive me? We all have somebody in our mind, don't we? Think of it right now. Don't say it out loud. <laughs> they might be right next to you. Don't say it. But that person, whoever it may be, a parent, maybe a child, maybe a coworker, but that person who you wish that they would just call you, because if they would just say, I'm sorry, you'd be doing so much better, because you've been carrying it around, haven't you? And it's just building. And... But I want you to think of it differently this way. Who is it in this world that if they were asked their que- that question, your face would pop up in their mind. Who is it in this world that if you called them and said, I'm sorry I made you feel that way. I'm sorry I did that. Would you forgive me? I hate the way that it made you feel. Now, you may not have done it because you're like, well, it's, they shouldn't have felt that way. And the situation, whatever your reason, does it really matter? Because you know that you have the ability to speak and to bring life into their life. I remember when I had to write this note to a family member and to this day, I don't agree with everything that happened, but I called, uh, actually called, I wrote this letter to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that this made you feel this way. To this moment, I still don't agree with this, but it doesn't matter. It caused them great pain. And when I wrote that whole letter, it, it took, I went to the Mission Viejo Library, and I sat there for two and a half hours, basically hitting backspace, backspace, backspace. I had to type, because if it was my hand, there's no way I'd get through it, because I'm a much faster typer. And by the end of that, I had to come back and I took a three-hour nap because it was so exhausting. I know what it may take you to do that. But you have the ability to breathe life, to give life. So why not do it? Because you're called to it. That's what the tongue is meant to be used for. It's meant to be a blessing. It's meant to give to people. Um, we had a friend here that was in the, the, um, in the service before, and he was on the surf team. And it brought to my mind these memories of when I was coaching the surf team at San Clemente High with uh, Coach Hartman, and I was up top, and, and I was just talking, and I love those kids, and I was just being careless with my words, and I said something. And uh, the, I don't even remember what I said. I don't think it was that bad, but for some reason it was heard by this guy's brother, something negative, and that guy went home and told his mom, and then I got this phone call from his mom threatening me with all this stuff. Completely out of context, completely, and it was unacceptable, the threats that she was giving me, and so I went into you know, defend mode. And I was like, oh, I said these words. I said, that's, this is unacceptable. You're, this is not acceptable for you to speak to me this way. However, 
in time as I wrestled with what I said, it doesn't matter what I thought I said or what the purpose was. It was what it did. And so I had the ability to talk to this lady and, and go back to her and say, you know what, I'm sorry about that. Like, this is a mom. If you guys don't know this, you do not mess with a mom's kid. <clears throat> even if you didn't even do anything wrong, you have to understand that mothers love their kids. And it's like, if they feel that their child is threatened, their confidence, their future, whoosh, the claws are going to come out. And sometimes they come out in the wrong way. Just like the tongue can do some damage, so can their tongues. But the point was is that I realized I was careless. And I had the opportunity to breathe life back into her and apologize so she knew someone wasn't after her kid. I want us to go and finish with this passage right here, Proverbs 18.21. What you say can mean life or death. Those who speak with care will be rewarded. We need to speak with care. And I want us to especially focus on the reality that what we say can mean life. You are sent by God to utter these words of life. Not just the gospel. Not just the fact that Jesus loves this world. That's not our only responsibility. There's all kinds of moments and opportunities of sharing beauty. And I want to close with this one. Um, so there's a, a woman named Mary. She grew up in the 50s. And so the 50s, uh, they used to do an annual hearing test. Now, the way they do the hearing test is much different. So the, the um, teacher would sit at her desk, and they'd have desks back then. Now, I don't think they even have desks. They'd have a desk, much like in um, A Christmas Story. You know, the room's all set up, and there's a table. And then the kids would go all the way to the door. So they'd come over here to the door, and they would have to do this hearing test where they would cover one ear, and the teacher would mumble something or whisper something, and you'd have to hear it, and then you turn, and you'd use your other ear. Well, the girl, Mary, this was a miss, so Mrs. Leonard was her teacher. Mary was dealing with all kinds of stuff. She had a, a cleft palate, and she was being picked on by the kids because she felt different. She felt like she didn't fit in. And junior high kids say dumb stuff, and so they were saying dumb things and doing dumb things, and so she was really insecure. But at the same time that this hearing test came, she was losing the hearing in her right ear. And so... Um, you know, you're supposed to cover your ear. So she did it with her, uh, her good ear, and so she could hear, and then she had to turn around. So she turns, and she pretended. It's not a very technical test, right? So she kind of pulled her finger out a little bit. Like, literally, they just put their finger in their ear. That's the test. And so she turned, and then she could pull it out a little bit so she could hear. And usually they say something like, my hair is blue. And the, the student would go, my hair is blue. Correct. All right, turn. They turn and do the other test. And so she turned uh, with her good ear, and then on the, when it was bad ear time, she pulled it out, and she heard Mrs. Leonard say these seven words. She's counted the words, because they've stuck with her the rest of her life. Mrs. Leonard said this, I wish you were my daughter. That changed her life. That's how I heard the story. Our words have the power to give life. You have that within you. God has blessed us with that gift. I talk about Rick right now. Rick is back there pouring into elementary kids with the purpose of breathing life into them. You're going to go to work tomorrow with the ability to just really build someone up. So many of you have friends that are going through stuff and you're like, I, I should probably tell them I'm going to pray for them, but I don't, I don't know. What, uh. So you hold back the words when you should be pouring that. I will pray for you. And then you follow up with, I prayed for you. Or 
there's that person that's on your head. They've been on your mind, and you're like, they've been on my heart. But that's going to be weird when I call and say, hey, you're on my heart. I don't know why. So you just don't do it. And yet if you call and say, you know, I was praying, and you were on my heart, so I don't know what it is, but God's thinking about you. And you call them, that's breathing life. We are given that gift. We are sent by God to utter the words of God. And I'm excited to see what could happen if we lived that way. And that's why Solomon, I think, shared this. Because he wanted his children to fulfill their calling. So if you could, if you could stand with me, we're going to um, sing. And um, I love the songs that they've chosen um, to help us pray. The purpose of these songs are to help us to pray through God's word and, and how we're going to reflect on this thing. Um, I know many of you want to come steal the tongue, but it belongs to Aaron and the boys of La Casa, so we can tell, Tina can tell you where to get it. Uh, we're also going to take the offering um, with those connection cards, if you're visiting, please put those in. That's, that's what we want from you guys, if you want to be connected. And if there's prayers or things that you want us as a leadership team to pray over, please um, put those in there also. Um, so if the ushers could come forward, I want to pray uh, for the offering. Father, um, we not only give you this financial offering, but I want to give you the offering of our words. Um, we're scared, Lord. I... I I would much rather not speak and people think I was wise than when I open my mouth and put my foot in it so many times. Um, but Father, we, we ask for the confidence and the courage to speak words of life, words of blessing uh, to our wives, to our husbands, to our children, for those of us to speak encouragement to our parents. That when we see beauty, that we would um, encourage people with it. We wouldn't let jealousy get in the way. Father, that when we are hurt, that we would pray for our enemies. And as you say, to do good to them. To give good words even to our enemies. Father, to do that, is, it seems overwhelming. But we trust the calling that you put on all of our lives. That you put us here to be a light to the world, to bring life. So, Father, um, we depend on you, on your grace in our life, on you um, whispering to us to give us the strength to then go and whisper to others. So we offer up to you more than just finances. Lord. We offer up to you our lives and ask that you would use this prayer time to bring to our minds things that you would have us do immediately. We surrender to you in the name of Jesus. Amen.